the show with Shell producing in Newcastle. Lawson doing his thing in Melbourne and me trying to stay warm in Finland. This is Blake. How are you doing this morning, Lawson? I'm also trying to stay warm. Dude, <laughs> this is like ridiculous, Melbourne. <laughs> it was like 17 degrees and raining yesterday. It's the middle of summer. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Are you, uh, how, how are you feeling about everything that's going on down there in Melbourne right now uh, with the weather? You're, you're kind of like, every time I talk to you, you're kind of, you've, you've really gotten just pulled into the Melbourne lifestyle of just complaining about the weather. Are you still? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Though the, I am enjoying my time down here, but it's, it's that thing of once you become a Victorian and specifically a Melbourneian, as soon as someone mentions the weather, you have to complain. Now I've okay. not become that. I'm kind of a, I'm a pseudo Melbourneian. I've been here, I've been here for like almost four weeks. And so I, I actually, I need to get out of this place because it's doing weird things to me that I don't, I don't like. I don't like talking about the weather all the time. I need to, I need to get out, but I am grateful to have stayed down here and it's finally my leave time is kind of coming up on the horizon. Finally, I'm going to be heading out on Sunday. So. So you actually ended up staying there for an extra week. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And, uh, what are you grateful for? Um, I am grateful that through the whole time I've stayed here, I've had just an awesome place to stay. Like I have been at shout out Chris and Annabelle. I've been at their place. It's just been amazing. I haven't had to pay to stay here and they've provided, Oh, and they've, Parents just make me the best breakfast. It's incredible. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Coming up on Faith FM, a prominent Ukrainian banker was thrown from a van in central Kiev with a gunshot wound to the head after being accused of being a spy and committing treason. Things are getting crazy over here uh, on the border of Finland in Russia and Ukraine. You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, where we don't eat food, but we serve spiritual food on the daily, Monday to Friday, from 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time all the way to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or if you're in Finland, it's 10 p.m. in Helsinki time. Just wanted to give that. And also in Melbourne time, uh, no one knows what's going on down there. So we have no idea what that time is. Um, it's the same as New South Wales. It's currently it feels 7-11. Different. It feels different. Yeah, it just no, I, feels I, a little I, bit I agree. Because the sun stays up. Like Obviously, it's not like Finland, like in terms of the sun and how that works. But the sun stays up really late here. Like the sun goes down at like 9.30. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, or like 9 p.m. Because cause we're, closer, we're, we're closer to the... To Antarctica, the bottom. Newcastle, right? The edge. So, yeah, we're closer to the edge. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but hey, let's, uh, let's have a quiz. our first question. Our, fir- no, our, first clue. Clue. our first clue for the quiz, guys. These is your, this is your last opportunity to get in to the quiz and win our amazing prizes that are going to be drawn around 8.45. Here we go. What book am I? You guys ready? What book am I? I am the only book in the NIV Bible containing the word Messiah. 
Ooh. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669, you will go into the draw to win our amazing Fountain View Great Controversy concert DVD, as well as Jesus at the Helm, our 1,000-piece puzzle. So, 0491-064-669. I am the only book in the NIV Bible containing the word Messiah. So, very, very obscure clue right there and if you know the answer you will get 500 points now the clues will get easier and easier as we go through all the clues are pointing towards the same question the same answer but where we're starting difficult and getting easier but if you answer it on this, this more difficult one then you is this a who am i or a what am i it's a what book am i what book am i okay because i was i was kind of like confused there thinking to myself i think that's a who but I, I see why I think so that. So what book am I? I'm the only book. That that was the question. <laughs> yeah, well, I understand that, but that's why I was a little bit confused. I was like, <laughs> well, Dude, I got some involved. news from the fence, man. I got news coming in really? from the fence. Dude, 100%. You're getting news from Finland <laughs> in Australia, and I'm not getting the news? That's right. So in Finland, they have a university. It's called Tampiri University. And in Tampere University, they have created these robots that work off light. So basically, you shine a light at them, and they fly around like a butterfly. It's the sickest thing ever. So, so you have these robots, you shine a light at them, they fly around like butterflies, and they dispense pollen. You know, get carried with the wind to dispense pollen on plants so basically they replace bees no and they they run completely on light yeah they're like this tiny micro machine hey we'll come back to that actually but we've got our we will ride candidate on the phone we've got russ absolutely getting it done i see and russ are you coming down from are you coming down from brisbane to currambong we're riding from brisbane to currambong yes is this the Russ that I know? I think I think we've talked a few times before. This does sound like an Alaskan giant. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> good, good yes, it is again. the Russ that I know. Yeah. Yeah. Good to hear you again. How's the ride going? The ride is going fantastic. We're all in good health. Uh, so far, the bikes are holding up. We've had a few bits and pieces flying off and, and going flat, but otherwise we're on the road. We're happy. Uh, yesterday was nice and hot, and today was predicted uh, another hot day on the way to Port Macquarie. Uh, it's it's 190 k's today. Uh, given that it's a hot day, we've headed off a little bit early, and we are about oh, 20 kilometers south of Sortel, where we stayed last night. Okay. You know, I've always had this, like, deep ingrained fear that someone's just going to throw a broom into the spokes of my front tire and I'll fly off the front of it. Has anyone done that while you're uh, riding? The, the, not on this trip, but the worst, the worst I've had was gel pellet guns uh, shot all over me. But no, today, no brooms, no gel pellets. So I think we're doing, we're doing pretty well. And, wow, and Blake, a victim of like a... Need, it sounds like you need a disc wheel on your bike. That's a great idea. I didn't even think about that. That's a perfect, that would, that would solve all my problems, except for the ones about me not being able to ride very well. But, uh, 
But besides that, it sounds like all the problems would be solved. So the, as you said the weather was real hot right now. What's uh, what? What are we talking? Today it's probably about twenty six. Yesterday was was thirty seven through the the mid part of the day. Wow. Um, yeah, Ooh. which was actually cooler riding than it was stopping. So when it gets hot, mm. we just try and roll in, get a breeze and keep ourselves nice and wet with water. We've really. Do you try to like? Yeah. Do you try to time when the heat? goes up to just find a downhill to just cruise down gently? If only it was that simple. There's just too many ups and downs to, to time it like that. Like, <laughs> and what we have really enjoyed is is stopping and talking with people along the way. We found the people between Brisbane and Sawtell at least to be extremely uh, friendly. We've enjoyed mm-hmm. making friends, talking with them about the ride and what it's all about sharing with them some bits and pieces and uh, just leaving hope wherever we go. Now, do you have uh, a lot of these books strapped up to your back that you guys have been giving out or in a basket in the front of the bike? How, how are you giving all these books out? We have an amazing support vehicle, uh, which, which drives about a hundred meters behind the group. And inside that vehicle is lots of water and refreshments and nuts and fruits and books uh, and brochures and everything that we need for the ride. So we're well supported. Okay. Oh, Quick question on that. Are you able to eat while you're riding? Yes, we have muesli bars and dried fruits and all sorts of things that we can easily grab if we need to. But usually we'll stop every hour or so, and that's a great time for a snack and a, and a refill. Uh, we've got some lollies and bits and pieces for when it's getting tough. But yeah, it's it's all hand to uh, it's it's all very easy to grab stuff, and we just look forward to a big meal at the end of the day. That makes so much sense to me. I was wondering how you're having these conversations with people on the way because I was thinking to myself, how are you having these like wonderful conversations with people while you're riding? But every hour or so, you guys are having a break, having a stop, kind of catching your breath, getting a snack, and having these conversations while handing the books out. Is that how it's working? Well, actually, Blake, we do carry like a Ziploc bag in our back pockets. Each of the jerseys has pockets, uh, three pockets across the back for food and phone and, and books. Uh, and as we ride, we'll often see people uh, mowing their lawn or, or just getting about town. And that's a chance for the, the two riders at the back just to peel off and say hi. Uh, when we get to a populated area like a lookout or a small town, we'll often fan out as a group and just make some connections and uh, after about 15 minutes or so, we'll regroup on the other side of town and, and just keep going. So it's a bit of everything. Uh, we're really just on the lookout for, for the people that God puts in our path, and we're praying for them before we meet them. And we're, we've already encountered a number of people just, just really special. And there's a sense that um, they're searching for something more than you know, what they find on the street every day. Wow, that's a that sounds incredible. Honestly, I, you know, you've really described and helped me to understand kind of almost visually through what you're saying, how this whole system is working, like how, how you guys are actually riding and stuff. How many hours per day are you on, on the bike? Yesterday we departed, uh, Tari at about 7.15 AM. And I think we rolled in around 5 PM. So that's about 10 hours or thereabouts. Uh, today will be a bit longer because we've got a, a, another hour and a half 
add to that. So we, we're typically riding from sun up to sundown or just about. Wow. That is a huge commitment. Thank you so much for going on this uh, trip with your team. And I know you're trying to get to Kernabong, just like the team from Melbourne is also trying to get there. And if I'm not mistaken, are you guys going to meet at Avondale University? We're hoping to meet uh, an hour or so before or after Avondale and then ride the last hour together. So, uh, yes, we will meet just on the Tuesday next week and ride in together, which we're really looking forward to. We, we haven't seen uh, how they're going, but we're in daily contact with the Melbourne team. Uh, we love the progress they're making. I know they had a cold start today at nine degrees, so it's quite a contrasted group. Uh, experience what we're having, but we're really looking forward to seeing them and hearing some of the stories and, and, and hearing about the people they've met as well. Wow. Thanks so much, Russ, for joining us here on Faith FM for the We Will Go Ride, or I think it's I Will Go Ride, but you guys are doing it as a group collectively. Keep up the great work. Keep giving up those books and spreading the gospel. Uh, it's such a great, great thing that you guys are doing. We look forward to more reports soon. Thanks, Blake. And just, just a short word to all your listeners. Just wherever you are today, be a person of hope. Share what you have. Uh, people need it. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing, Russ. Talk soon. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. Shell producing it up in Newcastle. Lawson, I want to jump right into our quiz. Can you give us the next clue uh, for 400 points for our listeners? Okay, I got a, I got a quote right here from this book. You ready? Yeah. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw. Uh, these, these are your final opportunities to get into the draw to win our 1,000-piece Jesus at the Helm puzzle, which we promise we will give you all the pieces to. And simultaneously, you can win the Fountain View DVD that we have on offer as well. It's the Fountain View, great controversy, like historical concert, amazing DVD. We'll give it to you absolutely for free. You just have to win the draw. And to win the draw, you have to answer these clues correctly. Now, this one will be worth 400 points because it's a little bit easier than the previous one. So 0491-064-669. If you haven't made an attempt yet, you know, it's the last day. Just send it. Just send it. Just get in. 0491-064-669. What book am I? Quote, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. And do you know, do you know, the, do you know the quote that follows that? Do you, know what he, do, you know what, do you know what he says after that? Well, if I say who says that, then you it will give away. don't have to say who says that, but they, that person says afterwards, but these are they that testify of, of me. me. Yes, I... I, but I didn't want to say that because that's even another clue as well, too. So we're we're trying to guess which. I'm book. trying to get people in. I, I just want I want people to win these prizes because I think they're amazing. Give them the points. Yeah, that's right. So zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What book am I? Now, before I jump into my story, I want to give you a couple minutes to finish up. You said that there was like robot bees that are spreading pollen. Yeah, essentially. So this is really cool. I was watching a video of it. They've got this like 
they're calling it a soft body machine because it's just it's there's just all kinds of mechanics going on in there. But it looks like it's like imagine with me, like you know, imagine like a a, a pill, like a capsule that you would swallow. You know, it's like a capsule size, small capsule size, and then it has all these little sticks, you know, sticking out of it. And when it's exposed to sunlight, those sticks move in this fashion that that make it fly, that give it flight. Uh, and when it's exposed to sunlight, but then the flying that it does, when combined with the natural wind, it will blow then into plants. And then it will pollinate those plants with pollen, eliminating the need for bees. Now, I think that no machine as of yet is as good or effective as a bee. This is a prototype that, again, as I said, they are testing in the temp- Tempuri University in Finland. So, you know, the Finnish, the Finnish are trying to, trying to finish the bees right here. But um, they're doing a good job. They're putting something together. And I just thought it was so cool. But, yeah, it's this tiny little machine that's flying around and dispensing pollen into plants. So good for them. Trying okay. To, they're trying to solve a problem, which we have, which is, well, I think the real way to solve it is find a way for the bees to stop dying. But yeah, you know, if we well, can't I was just do that. Say, and artificial bees, you know, we need we need the real bees. I think that's the the real answer. Uh, you know, that but would be I the bees' knees if we <laughs> had the real bees. <laughs> awesome! It's it's actually frightening how much dad joke power that you actually have, and you're not even a father yet. When uh, there's actually something I need to share. Uh, nah, just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> wow! That, I don't have. Anything you heard it here first on Faith and I don't have anything to There's share. Nothing to share Mm-mm. from Lawson, apparently. Zero. Zilch. But you got to be careful with that kind of information because disinformation can actually get you killed. Ooh, how so? And that's what I want to share. I got a story. This is a crazy story. So uh, here in... We've been talking about the war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, Finland borders the country of Russia. All of the troops that were right on the border of Finland were removed, all the Russian troops, and then they're all focused centrally on the war with Ukraine right now. Now, there was a guy named Denis Kiriev. And nine days after Russia invaded Ukraine, he is a prominent banker. Uh, He was thrown from a van into central Kiev with a gunshot wound to the head. Now, as a Ukrainian, uh, Kiriev, I'm hoping I'm saying that right, he had just returned from Belarus, where he'd been assisting with peace talks between Russia and Ukraine. But mm. as he lay dead in the street, rumors quickly spread that Ukrainian intelligence agents had found out he was a spy for Russian President Vladimir Putin. Okay, Ooh. so this is what was being said right after he died. The security service of Ukraine, they shot him dead during the rest. Uh, this is what the Ukrainian MP said at that time. He was suspected, quote, of high treason. And his execution appeared to be proof that if Ukraine was going to defeat its aggressive neighbor, it would also have to confront the enemy within. Okay. However, a few months later, almost a year later, his death is now the subject of a fierce debate inside Ukraine because a man killed for being a Kremlin double agent may have in fact been a Ukrainian spy all along. Oh, plot twist. 
So now Ukraine's like spy chief said that Kiriev should be remembered as a hero whose intelligence helped to keep Kiev uh, from falling to Russian hands. But the question now remains, well, then who then killed Kiriev and why they did it, you know, with in such a mysterious fashion? Was it like a catastrophic era of war or was this actually a saboteur within Ukraine's intelligence community? Now, there's two types. There's the SBU, which is the Security Service of Ukraine, and there's the GUR, which is the main directorate of intelligence of Ministry of Defense. So these two guys, these two groups are competing secret service agencies. And a lot of people believe that the SBU has a lot of Russian spies within it as well, too. Okay. So now this guy who was killed by quote Ukrainian intelligence for information or quote misinformation, like we talked about before, there's now a debate going on about what he said at the Belarus peace talks between Ukraine and Russia. What gets me going about all of this, right? I mean, there's so much to this story. Love is insane. Isn't it crazy? Like it's, it's like a, it's almost like a triple agent, right? It's not just a double agent, but like a triple agent as well, too. And they're saying that he passed all the checks, including the lie detector. Major General Budinov said that in 2021, uh, he was Kiryan, uh, Kiryev began monthly trips to Russia under the guise of doing quote business there. And he had the necessary circle of acquaintances and then financial transactions were carried out through him. You know, a communication increase, all these things have happened, but the war then blew Kiryev's cover. So he was, he was a Ukrainian spy, but then the Ukrainian secret service who has Russian intelligence inside of its own ranks mm-hmm. then had him killed because of the information that he knew about Russia and about Ukraine. But the thing that makes me think about all of this is besides all of the subterfuge and the you know, the, the, the espionage that's happening here. We live in a time where information can get you killed. And when we look at not just Russia and Ukraine, but we look all around the world, there's Christian persecution that's happening because of information that certain people know about other people. You know, we see what's happening in China with the CCP. We see what's happening when we have the voice of the martyrs on with Tony Benjamin. He talks about there's Christians everywhere who are actually losing their lives and they're losing their lives sometimes from other uh, groups that claim to be Christian who are pointing out these people for persecution. And we just, I just kind of want to bring this to a mind, like what we say can actually get us killed mm. and freedom of speech. That's supposed to be this, this right, this inalienable right of human beings to be able to say what you want to say. It's not actually available uh, as as freely as many people would like it to be or, or what they would want. And so I would strongly encourage us to remember and to recognize our brothers and our sisters all around the world who are struggling uh, with freedom of speech issues and, and not having the ability to share the gospel freely anymore. And so keep them in prayer. Recognize that they're, we live in, in wild times. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM positively different you're listening to the breakfast show right here live from finland from melbourne and from newcastle coming in all together with a little bit of zoom technology and we are here 
uh, having a discussion with my friend Steven, but we're not going to just yet because we need some quiz answers. Well, actually, no, we don't need answers. No, we, we, need don't. we need questions, bro. I'm and not even the, questions. We, we need got clues. The questions. You don't know. We don't have questions. Like, it's clues. The questions. We need the clues. 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 I was just kidding. That's what I meant the whole time. Here we go. Jesus' first miracles occurs in the in chapter two of this book. If you know the answer, 0491-064-669, that will be for 300 points. You will go into the draw to win Jesus at the Helm, our 1,000-piece puzzle, as well as our Fountain View DVD, The Great Controversy, 0491-064-669. Jesus' first miracle occurs in the second chapter of this book, 0491-064-669. So probably not an Old Testament book. Yeah, it's probably not Genesis. Although some 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 miracles of life happen within Genesis. Yeah, that's a good point actually as well too. But I think uh, with some of our clues, we uh, have seen it's not from the OT, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. that, that kind of gets rid of uh, 39 different books. But there's 27 others. That'll need to be uh, looked through with scrutiny to make sure you're getting the answer to the quiz right. We have with us in the studio, Stephen. How are you? Pleasure to be here. Going very well. <laughs> Excellent. Now you have you reign from where? Where do you come from? So uh, let's say Avondale University down there in sunny Kurrumbong, New South Wales, Australia. Okay, so. You decided to come on this trip to Coivico with a bunch of other Avondale University students. Why would you do that? Why would I not? I mean, being able to come overseas to a place like this, use our various talents, skills, and abilities in unique and uh, challenging ways, you know, developing skill sets, getting out there and having fun with other fellow students and uh, friends, frankly, it's unbeatable. It's really good. <laughs> I saw you uh, the other day with uh, some, was it spackle or what do you call that? What, what's the stuff that you, you have the two uh, spades in your hand? Ah. Yeah. So yeah, like uh, two trails there. We there were we uh, plastering and so ah, yes. fixing up some dings on the wall and things that had uh, developed over years of use. And uh, that's been part of the process here is renovations, updating things, preparing things for new uses. And, you, uh, you look pretty handy with that. Have you had any experience with that before? Good question. Look, uh, my father was a builder among many other professions. And so growing up on the building site, you pick up a few skills here and there and you become handy with the tools. So that's now, where that came from. <laughs> I definitely know. I was like, this guy, uh, this guy's been around uh, some building stuff a little bit too many times. Uh, so too right. <laughs> now I want to get into that a little bit more, but you don't only just build stuff because I've seen you play some stuff as well too. That's right. So uh, I'm a musician by trade. My undergrad was in um, music. I'm an organist, primarily cellist and conductor. And so, yeah, pipe organs, where I find myself most at home, hiding behind that, accompanying a choir, all kinds of fun things like that. But uh, at the end of the day, when you think about the organ, it's the most mechanical of all the musical instruments out there. So that and building go hand in hand. Now, if I remember correctly, and I'm feeling pretty old here, uh, <laughs> you used to play the organ with no shoes on uh, back when you were 
just a young fella. You're about three times the size as you were back then. <laughs> so you're right. uh, how old were you back there when you were playing at um, uh, Avondale Memorial Church right there in Kernbong? Oh, I think I started playing there when I would have been uh, nine or ten. Yeah. So we're talking about nearly a decade and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, that's it, almost exactly how long it was ago. So not about nine or ten, you're you're playing organ, and you've been playing ever since then. It sounds like certainly have, certainly have. So it's um it's been a real privilege. It's taken me a lot of places here to Europe for concert tours and the like a few times. Um, but most of all, it's a way to interact with other fellow Christians, participate in building up the church, and uh, well, participate in creating music on instruments that have been played for hundreds and hundreds of years in many cases. That's so fascinating. So you've actually been able to tour not only Australia, but you're saying Europe as well too? What are, what are some places that took you? Oh, some uh, notable buildings, for example. Uh, I've played in Westminster Abbey, uh, Saint-Sulpice in uh, Paris. Um, oh, so the UK, France. France, Germany, the Netherlands, um, etc. Switzerland. Etc. he <laughs> says just nonchalantly, yeah, et cetera. Well, it's know. the organ world. It's the organ world. So it's good fun. Well, a lot of people don't know much about the organ world. Like th- this is kind of a cool thing. Like there's not a lot of people that I know who have played on organs all around the world. It's kind of a, it's quite a privilege to be honest, actually. Look, it is. And that's how I feel about it too. You know, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to develop these skills and more of a privilege to share it with an appreciative audience. Because at the end of the day, everything we do is about glorifying God. The point of, you know, all of the skills we develop is how can we use this not only to enjoy it for ourselves, but to build up those around us. That's the purpose. That's the mission. That's the calling. That's what we're here for. So you are actually, if I'm not mistaken, so you're an undergrad in music, mm-hmm. but then you are now at Avondale University studying something else. What are you studying now? So I'm doing a master's in ministry at the present. Okay. So I've had a uh, an interest in theology for many years, of course. And um, think about it this way. Philosophy is where my heart is in many ways. But um, you can think of, if you break down the arts, you can think of three tiers. You have the presentative arts at the top. That's music, I think, is sort of the, the most presentative of the art forms. Then you have philosophy and then theology. And a theological foundation is what? Um, it's sort of the, the uh, trunk for which the fruits on the tree um, sp- uh, spread. And so wow. building that landscape out, interacting with ideas and thoughts that people have been considering for thousands of years and trying to think God's thoughts after him are where it's at. So that's why I'm studying theology. You know, that's actually a really cool just like visualization. So when you're talking about like the arts, you say that theology is the trunk of the tree of the arts. The branches are then philosophy. And then the fruit of those branches are is, is music and painting and, Absolutely. you know, literature. the fine arts, the literature as well, too. Mm. So the way that this music and the way that these paintings are made and the way that these books are written is because of the beliefs that are founded upon the theology and the philosophy. Wow. Absolutely. You know, and often you think about this and say, well, you know, we're all, uh, we're not all theologians, are we? Well, hang on a minute. Every single one of us has our own unique theological perspective and that informs every aspect of our lives. So mapping that out, thinking about it more clearly precisely and articulately uh, enables us to, well, better interact with those around us, the world, and chart our course through the unknown. Something like that. <laughs> so while you're out here playing music in the in Europe and stuff, uh, the, which is the fruit of this tree that you talk about, 
Have you ever had the opportunity to, through the music, interact with others and share some of the theological and, and the deeper beliefs that you have in God? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you come to that, one of the things that um, is is apparent is, well, music is a great way of interacting with other cultures, other thoughts, other belief systems. It's a social lubricant too. I mean, we know this, you know, you go into a, you know, a building. If there's a live band playing, there's music somewhere. Conversation comes easy. And so from that, uh, that perspective, um, often I've found, particularly in my sphere of uh, liturgical music, the thoughts that have gone into that and the theological um, considerations really open up conversations about the deeper aspects of what we believe, you know, what happens, you know, it might be a work about death, you know, Com Suze Todd, uh, forgive my German pronunciation there, um, you know, one we did recently and, you know, it's come sweet death. What does that mean? What is the meaning of death? And having conversations with people across the board is, uh, is what that enables. As for specific examples, I don't know if we have the time. <laughs> no, we, we still have a few more minutes. Have a few minutes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, it's very interesting. I, I really find it. I mean, cause when I, when I see you here at Koivoko, it's such a different vibe, such a different isn't it, thing. Isn't it? You're over here just like putting buildings back together and fixing stuff up and you're covered in paint and dirt and dust. Such a different kind of experience than what I've, I, when I've seen you when you were younger playing the organ. Uh, and, which is such a fascinating instrument because it really requires all four limbs and a hundred percent of your brain <laughs> to, well, to work <laughs> at the same time. It's probably one of the most physically technical, uh, instruments that I can think of. Uh, maybe drums, I guess is kind of hard because you got to go all, all the different limbs as well too. But, but with organ, you got to do all the limbs plus the fingers. So all the digits as well too. That's it. It's it's something that I, I really um, think about a bit is embodied cognition. You know, as humans, where well, what is consciousness? You know, we we talk about the AI researchers out there talking about sentience and can a computer become alive? Well, I don't think so. And there's one reason why, and that is, as humans, we're embodied forms of consciousness. That means you know it's it requires physicality to inform wow. our, our our consciousness and our, our way of interacting with the world. It's not just a abstract, um, digitized sort of way of interacting with the world. And so when you come to the organ, well, of course, it's a very embodied instrument using your whole body. Every one of your senses is in use when you're playing that instrument. You might think smell, that's in use. Absolutely it is. Um, and, you know, across the board, when you have uh, these sort of things at play, um, you know, I think one of the, just to sort of pivot in a slightly different direction, these days, one of the challenges we face, I believe, is a lack of real-world engagement, real-world interaction. We enter this world of virtuality. Everything's virtual, online. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But um, being able to interact in a physical way, experience the world through our senses, that is important because as a consequence of that, it leads to better thinking, better acting, and better engaging with the world around us. And at the end of the day, well, what, is, what does that do? Being able to engage with the world in a more coherent, embodied way means we develop better characters, live better lifestyles, and become more effective agents for change. Something like that. Mobby, is a little strange tangent. There, no, it is uh, a little bit. But I love what you're kind of saying, like intelligence without physical, without physicality is not so intelligent. You know, I like, spot on. I, I really, I really find that to be an interesting thought process that, you know, 
uh, and clearly there are people who are intelligent who have physical disabilities. Like we see that for sure. Absolutely. But there's still a, like a physical embodiment of that individual and that person. And that is a differentiating point that we have, you know, cause we are, <laughs> we live in a world of artificial intelligence. I, and I think AI, as it's called, is so much farther advanced than we realize. Like, I think that we could chat GPT. Yeah. Well, I mean, is talking point there. <laughs> well, that's just, that's just something that's available to the public. Yep. I mean, when, when it, when it, things are available to the public, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other stuff behind the scenes that has been available for a long, long time that we don't even really know about, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important for us to remember that as the public, there are things that are happening behind the scenes, including AI development and research. That is kind of, well, in some ways can be kind of scary, kind of, kind of wild. But I love, I love kind of the direction that you're saying, like the physicality is needed in well, that. We, what, what it means is we inhabit space and time, not just time. You know, we inhabit this, this physical, uh, temporal plane. And as a consequence of that, well, maybe it suggests something about God's nature as well. If we're made in his image. Um, that means he's not just this abstract, distant, computational genius, you know, something out of Spinoza's uh, uh, p- picture of God. Um, what it means is he is uh, someone or something that has physicality, has presence, and therefore the ability to interact authentically on a relational sphere with us. So yeah, that, you know, another thing that just is making me think about that from a theological perspective, mm-hmm. you know, the, the soul, when we talk about sure, the soul, sure. is the human body filled with the spirit of God, with the breath of life, the, and the Hebrew, the Ruach, right? right so the nefesh, right. which is the soul is actually not separate one from another. Now we have a lot of Protestant uh, believers and probably listeners as well too, who believe like when you die, your soul goes to heaven. But we recognize that through the Hebrew and through our doctrinal understanding that we have a very different belief and understanding of the body, when it dies, it sleeps mm-hmm. until Jesus comes back, and then the soul ceases to exist. The Here's soul the is analogy. the body plus the spirit. Let's throw a quick analogy in. Think of a computer. You have three elements. Think of uh, when Paul speaks about this. He says, you know, body, soul, and spirit. Right. And so, computer, you have the hardware. That's the body. You have the soul. That's the psyche, the um, the software, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then you have the spirit. You need a power source. You need something to power up that computer. When any single one of those elements is missing, that computer is non-functional. It's in stasis. It's sleeping. You look at that. Nothing's happening to that computer. It's not functioning. It's not running. As soon as all three are put back together, up and away it goes. And so that's how I like to think of us. When the body is affected and ceases to work, we die. When the mind completely gives out, we die. When we have no power source, when the breath of uh, life from God is withdrawn, we die. But when all three are put back together, we have the resurrection, we have the life. Wow. Stephen, thank you so much for sharing with us here on Faith FM. It's actually been an absolute pleasure uh, just diving into some deep theological and really intellectual things. I uh, was not expecting that on this journey, okay. but it was still really, really cool as well, too. Just some, just last comments on your experience here in Koivico. Uh, what would you like to say to our listeners in Australia? Sometimes in life, you're in a comfortable place. You're going through the routine machinations and saying, you know, life's good. But then the unexpected comes along. Take hold of it. 
Look for the uncomfortable things in life. Seek discomfort. When you take hold of that, when you get out there, when you see where you can be a blessing, where you can affect change, that's where excitement is, passion and purpose. That's what I'm finding here. That's what the team around me is. And as a result, well, we're having a blast. God's work can be fun. Get out there and enjoy it. Thank you so much, Stephen. This has been an absolute pleasure. I think the pleasure is actually all mine. We're going to listen to Malcolm L. Clark and True Purpose, him medley right here on Faith FM. It's been a pleasure broadcasting live from Coivico. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.